Welcome to the Safe Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 106, sir. Hmm. Let the record show it to be true, kind of. S- sort of. I stamped the time right there. It's going down in the record book. You ever think that we're wrong about that? What do you mean? About the numbering, like we fucked up around like 47. No, I think I've been doing a pretty good job at uh, of being a, a keeper of these records. I think we have two 47s. We don't. Yeah, we do. And what's weird is it's the same episode twice, basically. Remember? We were talking about, uh, I think it was Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. we talked about it twice. We thought it was going to be a big hit. It was that. crazy about it. And then I think we did the Telltale Moratorium, like, right after. There we go. Something broke in my brain where I was like, uh, 247s, uh. Right. Yeah, what's with that company that's still acting like it's Telltale? What's with that company, huh? <sighs> Going around and saying stuff we and acting like Telltale. want to make them feel like they can accomplish something, and I think they can. I actually don't like that in the video game industry where mm-hmm. we just, like, resuscitate names, but, like, nobody involved was a part of the original like atari is a good example Mm. atari has like 14 permutations and the latest one is all about trying to get us into kitschy hotels uh which gotta gotta wonder how that worked out post pandemic gotta wonder how that worked out because that was their thing at the beginning of 2020 right yeah we're gonna like launch this initiative of atari hotels yeah we talked about it really great we talked about on this show but i mean (laughs) pandemic Hmm. you know included people are still traveling and going to hotels anyway so you gotta imagine there's still a group of fucking idiots who are hanging out at that hotel and having the best time ever yeah and we're the idiots staying inside talking about them yeah on an unrelated note uh you know an infection rate's just going up (laughs) just going (laughs) just crazy Uh, unrelated to people still traveling having fun and eating omelets on the go or whatever whatever it is people do i don't know what people do outside i don't know what people do outside anymore you know what i do inside Hmm. i play video games you I play, play a lot of video games. I play I play a lot of them some bitches. There's nothing you do quite as well as that. Uh I fuck pretty well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record stand. He also fucks pretty well. I do. I'm good at two things. Gaming and fucking. <laughs> Well, if you didn't know, we're the safe room where we're good at two things, gaming and fucking. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash the safe room show. No, that is it. That is it. Listen to me. That's it. (laughs) SoundCloud.com slash the safe room show. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and RSS feeds across the interwebs. (laughs) That's that. Let me have it, Daniel. Uh, Yeah, I'll let you have it, man. 2020 took a lot from us, so I'm mm-hmm. going to give you these small favors where I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, little handouts if I could. We're, we're coming up bigly mm-hmm. this year. Okay? All right. We kicked the orange out of office. Hell yeah, we did. You know what I'm saying? He, he walked away sadly and basically said, good luck. <laughs> I wanted to stand. This is the first podcast mm-hmm. of a new era for yeah. us. Oh, post-dictatorship? Post-dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Post-orange. Mm. He was sus as hell, and... and I'm excited. I'm excited for the the months and years ahead of us, Kevin. This is weird how Gamergate, like, turned into that. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Went from Gamergate all the way to uh, Insurrection. (laughs) You know? I want to write that book. From Gamergate to Insurrection. (laughs) I think Jason Schreier is already working on it. Jason Schreier. Mm -hmm. Mr. Schreier. The Dark Knight of News. Or is that somebody else? (laughs) I thought that was Andrew Reiner. That, no, it was Andrew Goldfarb, Goldfarb, who's no longer at IGN, because he works at Sucker Punch. It's true. Andrew Reiner 
is a Star Wars enthusiast. I met him once. And he works for Game Informer. He works for Game Informer. Yeah. I met him once. Mm-hmm. He, I met him at a convention. And I was like, I'm a big fan, man. And he's like, oh, uh, you fan of the podcast? And I was like, uh, what? He goes, like, the show. I didn't know there was a show. I'm just a fan of your writing. And he goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. He got a little sad about that. And one day I said to myself, well, I'll never know what it feels like to have nobody listen to a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you know? We're also Star Wars enthusiasts. Eh. So we have something in common. I guess so. I engage with it enough, right? I think so. We like, talk about it enough across podcasts, and we, we game on sure, Star I think Wars half games. Of it's stupid, though. Yeah. I think some of the Star Wars universe is stupid. Some of the extended stuff is cool. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about the prequels? Prequels? Listen, let's not get into the prequel talk right now. Can we now, get into Kevin. the prequel talk? Right? No. We need to be okay. a bullet train of intention right. here. New year, new format. Remember? Oh, shit. So, yeah. We got a new format. We're going back in the new real quick. Yeah. We're going to do it. But we'll do one last plug here. You can also find us on Twitch, Kevin, over at twitch.tv slash the red herb, and myself over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels. There you go. Boom. Watch our faces. Nailed it. We'll stream. We played a shit ton of Bloodborne we last night. We played a shit ton of Bloodborne. Whew, felt good to be back. With our good, good friend Nicholas of twitch.tv slash make monsters fame. Yeah. He came in there, and we we plunged through all of the old Hunters DLC, except for Lawrence. We mm-hmm. skipped Lawrence because we were like, "That's going to be too hard." I think we could. We done didn't it. die in any of the fucking. Well, maybe wait, just the Ludwig fight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the motherfucker's hard. But yeah, I, I felt like we died more getting to things than actually in the boss fights. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did it. We did it. Mm-hmm. God damn! Just blasting through that game. What a good game. It's it's amazing because a lot of those fights are designed for like kind of like. One player one. PvP, especially yeah. some of those more technical fights from the old Hunters DLC. But, like, you get in there with three people, and you just overwhelm the AI. Yeah. To the point where they're just, like, stupid locked, and you're just like, <laughs> well, we're just going to slash until you're dead, and that's going to be that. <laughs> it feels so. crazy to be able to do that, yeah. though. Yeah, it is definitely... It's like playing the game with a game shark on. Basically. Like, you're just breaking through, you cut down the bosses, and you get to the end. We, we did not die in the Orphan of Cause fight, which a lot of people always say that's, like, one of the hardest fights. Oh, hands down. Is it... Yeah, because like when I did it originally, it took me two tries. I don't okay, understand Kevin, two why. tries. But oh, I, he's great at video games. He fucks and he does I'm things saying, on two tries. I I'm great at video games. I fuck. <laughs> okay, jeez. But yeah, I don't know. Orphan of Cause never gave like everyone always mentions it. I'm just like, nah, dude. I think Ludwig is like ten times harder than Orphan of Cause. Like ten fucking times harder. Like because his moves are erratic, mm-hmm. right? He comes at you. He's his horse motherfucker. He's got appendages everywhere, mm-hmm. and he's, he's talking about like oh. Or whatever, whatever he says. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And oh, then he, my holy blade. Oh, I'm a holy all oh, you're right there the whole time. Blah. And then he, he comes at you. It, it, it's tough stuff. Yeah. It's tough stuff, okay? But we got him. We did it. We did. We got no more Bloodborne, though. We need more Bloodborne. <sighs> Sony, come on. Can I say that 60 I... 60 frames per second. Just put it on the PS5. That's I'm, all you gotta do. I'm gonna say this. It's gonna be a bold statement do. for the world. Sure. I don't think From Software is ever going to make Bloodborne 2. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that there won't be a Bloodborne 2. Okay. I think there might be. But it won't be from them. It won't be from software because it's a Sony property. They technically don't need them. But I think Sony is wise enough to know, let's not do that. Mm. Right? Let's not do that. I think best case, what we get is a blue point treatment. I mean, yeah, like a like a remastering or, or something, yeah. right? But what if they were like, blue points, Bloodborne 2? I'd be like, oh no. my god, no. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, we're always talking about how we want them to do like their own game yeah but like a new ip their own game like not a bloodborne you can't do bloodborne (laughs) sorry guys it has to be miyazaki it has to be from software it's intrinsic Mm -hmm. that it is it's intrinsic right i don't know 
I mean, you have to imagine that they would at least be on a consult for a project like that. Like, they did a great job with Demon Souls. Like, and obviously there was a lot of love and care that went into that game. Yeah. So, like, why couldn't they? I actually don't know how involved From Software was in that mm-hmm. development, if at all. It sounds like they weren't, mm. right? Maybe they had a few producers or something that were around at the time, but, I mean, they're off building Elden Ring. Mm. Yeah. Where, where the fuck is Elden Ring? 2021, bro. Where the fuck is Elden Ring? When do you think we get that game, realistically? End of this year? Oh, okay. Why? I don't know about it. I don't think this, so. Here's here's what here's what's been said <laughs> okay. is that this game is basically feature complete, mm-hmm. and they've just been spending this entire time polishing it. Okay, like it's there's not more to build. Like it's done. It's just timing, COVID delays, and all that shit. Okay. Right. So I think that game comes out this year. Okay, for sure. We'll see. For sure. For sure. Like you don't believe game? it? Yeah, fall, like summer? a fall game. Okay, fall game. No summer. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah, if it was summer, they would have to have already like shown it. <laughs> Like, not the... Because they only gave us a CG trailer. Which is not a real thing. I'm trying to think, like, when we got the first look at Sekiro, it was E3 2018. Mm -hmm. And then we got that game... 2019. Like, eight months later. Yeah. So I think when they initially show it, we'll get it six to eight months from that point. Yeah. Which I prefer. I I like that. I don't like the whole, here's an announcement and then eight years later, Mm -hmm. the game's going to come out. That that that, that shit's stupid. Yeah. Bethesda's bad about that stuff too. I don't know why they even do that. Is that just to keep investors happy? Like probably, I think that's a part of it, right? Because investors are like, what are you guys working on? And it's like, uh, <laughs> uh. Todd, what are you, what yeah. are you up to? Uh, Pete, show him a title card. Pete! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you want to get into this, this, yeah. uh, this train of news? Oh, we've got a little bit of train of news. Oh, I, I don't know why I just didn't start with this, huh? <laughs> this became a mess already, but... Oh yeah, this is like a hot mess of yeah. the episode. This Deal is... Uh, this is going to be a very Resident Evil-centric episode, my friends out there in the world, mm-hmm. uh, because we had a Resident Evil showcase. We'll get into that, including some information about Village, mm-hmm. the next Residente Evil. And RE-verse. No, we're not going to fucking talk about that. <laughs> that's that's already that's the most that we're going to talk about it. Okay. You just saying it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but first, we have some quick bits for you, my friends. First thing that happened this week is Vicarious Visions merge with Activision Blizzard. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. Here's some facts for you. Acquired by Activision in 2005, the studios worked on numerous projects, including Guitar Hero, Spider-Man, Destiny, Call of Duty, and, most recently, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. Good game. Uh, Studio head Jen O'Neill has been promoted to Blizzard's Vice President of Development. That is a glow-up. She'll be reporting to Jab himself. Hmm. You know, remember Jab? Guy's like, I'm, I'm sorry. Blitz Chung. Remember that? Oh, uh, I do remember that. His, yeah. his fucking crybaby uh, stint at uh, BlizzCon. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> I mean, whenever I'm sad, I think about that. I go, oh. Is that what you think about when you're feeling down? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. what brings me light in my life. <laughs> now, Bloomberg reports that uh, Vicarious Visions has been working with them since last year, actually, uh, despite this announcement happening now. And apparently, they're developing a Diablo 2 remake Hmm. an internal team was initially handling the remake but plans were reshuffled after the poor reception of warcraft 3 reforged or as fans call it refucked so interesting Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people were sad to see vicarious visions who has obviously been like a great mercenary team basically Mm -hmm. like you just set them on a project and they'll fucking just chomp down on it and get it done Mm -hmm. uh work on only blizzard properties 
I'm not that excited about that, especially after Tony Hawk being so good. It's it's kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> give these guys like more projects, have them fucking remake three and stuff like that. And I guess the answer is no, they're not going to be working on that shit anymore. How do you feel about that? Them moving on. I mean, it's it's fine for a studio to to move on, right, and and go to greener pastures. I think maybe them being absorbed by Blizzard isn't like. Yeah. Like, as much as I, I like Blizzard as a studio, like, kind of the stuff that's happened, their blemishes in recent years, makes me kind of, like, weary of, of a team like this kind of being taken under the wing. Yeah. Vicarious Visions has done a lot of great projects. They, I mean, they did, the, what, the Insane Trilogy for Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. I think they might have also done some, like, Destiny content as well. Yeah, they did. So, I mean, they, they can, they've proved that they can do games, do remakes, um, to have them on board for like a Diablo two remake is, like is through not, and through. Yeah, it's not no. a bad idea. I think they're a very competent team for it. I just I worry that maybe their talent is going to be underutilized, and that mm-hmm. team's just going to get fucking torn apart and thrown on different projects across the Blizzard catalog. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean that's how Activision has treated them since two thousand and five. Yeah, right. They're like, we got some scraps. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Hey, VV, clean this shit up, huh? And like that's that's how they've been treated. Yeah, there for was a while. somebody who joked that oh well. This is great and all, but they're just going to get stuck working on, like, Overwatch 2 levels or something like that. And it's just like... Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... They were thrown on fucking Call of Duty, mm-hmm. like, season pack, pack like, our uh, content, basically, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's their specialty. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is, like, a studio that's been like, we want to prove ourselves with original IP. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened. They, they've worked on licensed stuff forever. Yeah forever yep whether it's wild thornberry games or spider-man <laughs> like go. all this stuff and it's just like <laughs> i mean they put out games i just i i would like to see them do something original but at least i think in this sphere they have more of a chance to you know mm-hmm. at least under blizzard maybe they have more of a chance to kind of flex and, and do other things but we'll see if they're actually given that choice yeah it, it's interesting it's like um blizzard is having um I guess a lot of uh, self-reflection because, Mm -hmm. you know, Warcraft 3 didn't go well Mm -hmm. and internal memos basically point to like miscommunications, mismanagement, kind of um, like one example that was given was that pre-orders went up before the team even had a release date. Okay. Like the team didn't know when the game was supposed to come out and it's just like, well, wait a second, (laughs) you know, so it was a lot of mismanagement. I, maybe this is a, maybe this team is just good at like getting in and going like, yeah, we can get the work done. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, here you go. Make sure nobody else fucks up Diablo (laughs) two, Right. Yeah. It's just a bummer that like an internal team kind of flubbed on Warcraft you would well, hope that an internal team could do right by these properties, but you know. yeah, you would hope that. Um, <laughs> and that discussion will come up later, yeah. by the way, about uh, reshufflings internally. But yeah, I, I think it is like a top-down thing. Mm-hmm. And Blizzard has been going through this big identity crisis over the last few years. They've mm-hmm. been hemorrhaging people left and right. Mm-hmm. I forget the name, but there's like this one guy who was pretty uh, instrumental to WoW, who just mm-hmm. fucking dipped, like just went to a different studio or something like that. Yeah, so like in times like that, shit shit gets tough, and so you. You, you, like I said at the top of the episode, I think it's funny that we reuse these names, right? And think that this is a studio that brought us this. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, <laughs> that was that studio circa 2002, mm-hmm. perhaps. All those people dipped the fuck out or graduated to starting their own projects and stuff. You know, 
the people that bring you the things you love, you need to pay attention to them and not mm. just like the overarching name. Yeah. Because they're the ones that move on and like do the cool shit. And you're like, oh man, this is where this studio come from. And it's like, oh, this dude's been in like games for fucking 14,000 years. <laughs> and of course made us a great game. But like, you know, your average gamer, average consumer. I, I mean, I don't want to think that people aren't yeah. savvy or, or well-read on stuff, but I think they're more likely to know just to kind of slapped just on you know, yeah. developer or publisher name that's on a game versus the whole team that worked on it. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one caveat I always keep in my mind where it's like, oh yeah, you can slap a name on there, but who's really working on this? Mm. <laughs> you know? But if, we're never going to have that like... Uh, I think it's easier in movies, right? Because you're like, oh, director and if I actually give a shit, producing team. Mm-hmm. Or writer, oh, right? right? Yeah. And like you hang your hat on that. Whereas a game is like a fucking community of people making yeah. it right hundreds upon thousands of people working yeah. on that project to make it happen yeah so all right let me get a pulse check on you diablo 2 how you feeling mm. you want that shit yeah i want to go back to trish i want to i want to hang out with those characters diablo 2 i really enjoyed like i i played a lot of one and two on pc back in the day and then when three came to console i was i was definitely stoked but a little bit let down by it so to i don't know to see a remake of it would be pretty awesome Tonally, like, well, where do they, where do they go with it? Especially with like part four being so grim, dark in in tone versus like the vibrancy of part three. Mm-hmm. Do you think they like like what are they? What's it gonna look like? Oh, I don't know. I feel like that's one of those things where you'd hope that they stay true to what the original one was mm-hmm. um, in terms of like story, tone, characters. Make it more vibrant, obviously, yeah, but still yeah. keep that kind of apocalyptic. You know, the devil's here feel of of the game. Yeah. The sense of urgency across it. That's so. that's the one thing. Like uh, part three had some cartoony effects it to did. it, right? And part four is trying to come out there and act like, hey, no, we're, we're going dark soul, mm-hmm. dark souls with this shit. And it's like, okay, yeah. I wonder if you know, with a two remake, if they just clone that art style in order to like support each other going forward, you know? They might and like get that goodwill in your head about mm-hmm. like four is like a return to roots kind of shit. I don't know. Possibly. I wonder if it's only going to come out on PC though. Hmm. I mean, it only ever did. Well, except for some PS1 port, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> of Diablo 2. Who knows how that works? But, yeah, I wonder. Because Warcraft 3 is not like it. It didn't come out on consoles. No. So. And I don't. I mean, that's how a lot will. of Blizzard's games are. Like, mm. very much supported on PC by PC players. Yeah, I don't get it. What are you fucking these TurboTax <laughs> fools uh, out there, right? My PC is only good for, for, you know, storing porn and memes, okay? My PC is a big calculator. It doesn't you, play video games. What are you trying to game on there for? I can't play God of War on there. I can't play God of War. I can't play any David Cage game. Oh, wait, now I can. Yeah, oh, you can no. play Death Stranding. Oh, my God. I can Horizon play Death Stranding on there. Horizon Zero Dawn is on there. Not too. Bloodborne, sadly. Not Bloodborne. Oh, oh piece oh, of shit. Piece of shit. Back to piece of shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think... Um, it's exciting in some ways. It makes me weary in others. Um, I just hope this team ultimately gets to work on stuff and then they don't get absolved, you know, and kind of just torn apart in the process. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely see how that goes. But I got a number two on here for you, sir. Give it to me. Microsoft announces Xbox uh, gold price increase. And then they reverse their decision. Reverse, reverse. Like a day later. So apparently Microsoft stated it would increase gold subscriptions from $60 a year to $60 for six months. Does that make sense? So, <laughs> effectively... Why can't, why can't we just say $120 a year? I, uh, uh, 
Literally, that's a marketing trick. That's exactly why it's $14.99 instead of $15, because your mind tricks you into thinking, oh, I'm spending $14. Sure. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? This, this, yeah, the segmentation is just like, you're making me bust out the cal- calculator to figure out how much yeah. I'm spending a year. I gotta year. fucking unearth my PC to figure out that math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this pissed people the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And within 24 hours, Microsoft reversed its decision uh they actually made an announcement too saying quote we messed up today and you were right to let us know connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day end quote now microsoft later announced that free-to-play games like fortnite which me and daniel are getting back into yep. hardcore for sure yeah they brought and terminator to it sarah terminator Connors. sarah connor mandalorian baby yoda and apex legends would no longer need a gold <laughs> subscription to play online now meanwhile for a little price comparison uh xbox game pass ultimate which includes gold is 14.99 a month not to be confused with 15 <laughs> Never confuse the two, Daniel. Mm. So what? What the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like what what's... happened here? So there was no ad value, by the way. Mm-mm. Like they didn't say like, "Hey, we're increasing uh, the subscription price and mm-hmm. also giving you X Y Z more." Mm-hmm. No, they were just like, "It's going up, baby." <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh, we're sorry. We didn't know you get that mad." <laughs> what? You could predict that people will get mad when you increase the price of something mm-hmm. and don't give them anything extra. Yeah, there's no immediate value prospect, mm-hmm. you know. I, I could understand if they were like, oh, we're going to give you, like, more discounts and more backwards compatible games. Or maybe at this increased rate, games will play better online. You'll have, you know, premier server experiences. But it's like, no, you're just doubling the price. No. And I don't know if it was just to kind of, like... I don't know, give them kind of price shock so maybe that they looked at the value of uh, Games Pass instead. They're like, hmm, maybe I should get that. Yeah. And then kind of jumped over to that because that's going to be the thing they're going all in on. Right. I, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. And obviously, like, maybe they weren't certain if they were mm-hmm. willing to reverse their decision within a day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And that does speak to a post-Xbox One launch Microsoft mm. that is so afraid of getting dragged, as they tend to do, mm. <laughs> that they're like, oh, no, we're just kidding, we're just kidding. <laughs> right? Where do you think this decision came from? Uh, obviously. Which uh, head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Phil? Phil had to say yes, right? Mm. <laughs> Phil had to be a part of this decision making and be like, yeah, I think it's the right thing going forward. I think the mental model for it, though, is that... I think the company is admitting that the consoles themselves, Xbox Series X and S, mm-hmm. won't be enough profit-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been fostering this whole ecosystem thing that we've always talked about. Microsoft mm-hmm. is doing an ecosystem. You can play on PC, you can play on Xbox One, you can play on Xbox yeah. Series X. And I think they're just trying to like hedge their bets because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of a steal. Like mm-hmm. the Xbox Game Pass, yeah. right? Like, you're getting fucking day-and-date games uh, in some instances. So maybe they're trying to offset. I I gotta wonder if, like... I know it is, like, the premier thing in in gaming, streaming, cloud services right now. And it's super attractive. But I gotta wonder if they're really eating, like, a hard cost from that. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe they just kind of look back and it's like, shit, we offered something really cool, but, like, we're not, you know, we're not in the green right now. (laughs) We're doing pretty bad. Um, Yeah, and the other thing with the free-to-play announcement. Like, oh, were they... Did they always plan to say that all free-to-play games wouldn't need gold, and that's why they decided to increase gold, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like that has a reverse effect on people, which is to say, oh, well, 
I'm definitely not going to get gold because mm-hmm. all of my favorite games that are free don't need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what the fuck do I need gold for, right? But at that point, it's like, well, nothing happened to the price point from what I understand for Xbox Game Pass. No. So like, like what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're just playing around and trying to figure out like what's the right strategy. <laughs> and it obviously the blowback was like too fierce. Yeah, I think uh, at this point <clears throat> they need to just do away with gold. Like, what is the point of having it anymore? That's kind of my thinking too, yeah. right? Like, yeah, what is the point? Man? I mean, back in the day, it was the thing where it's like, okay, this this is how we're gonna kind of like get on Sony's level with PlayStation Plus. Obviously, you know, we're gonna pay for our online ecosystem to where you can play games with your friends we're also going to offer discounts and you know free games every month and backwards compatibility cool that's going to give us an edge but then when they started doing the games pass model it's just like well you could roll some of that stuff into that and then just do away with it i don't mean to come at you sir yeah but the history is reversed hmm. like this decision mm-hmm. and ari revert no okay <laughs> anyway um xbox Gold Pass came out ever before Sony charged for PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Like gold, or sorry, oh, I know. gold subscription. Got, got I you. Know. And they didn't have anything on it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like you're paying for online, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that yeah. was the thing with PS3 where it's like, oh, it didn't cost anything mm-hmm. to play with friends online. And right. the only thing you used PlayStation Plus for was discounts and free games. Mm-hmm. Until they changed that with PS4. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. Because for a while, PS Plus... Okay. Yeah. Damn, we're going through like 10 years of subscription history. And and then on PS4 versus Xbox like One, like that era was like, okay, cool. Well, we have the cutting edge of being like, yes, we offer those same sort of things that Sony does, but also we have backwards compatibility. We have all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It it just... I don't know. Again, I don't know why they made this decision. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're looking at something that says the time is right to strike. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And maybe they're looking at, like, what console adoption rates or what their projections for, like, console's going to go away if we have more and more people getting on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So it's like we need to, like, upcharge them on just access to our shit, Mm -hmm. regardless of where they are. I don't know. It's a weird thing. I think it's going to be... Again, they've always been a little more experimental with their, like, uh, business model. Sure. Especially, like, you know, where Sony is, like, not <laughs> very experimental. <laughs> I gotta tell you, they're not. They they definitely, like, if they're gonna do something new, it's, like, fucking six years of, like, thinking about it before mm-hmm. they actually do it. Whereas Xbox would be like, yeah, I, I, I guess Master Chief will be free to play, you know? Like, I guess we're gonna do that. Sure, fucking, fucking have it, you know? But um, we'll see going forward. I don't know what this quite means like Mm -hmm. as in is this such a bad blowback that they won't revisit this price discussion again because it seems like they really want to yeah there there has to be something that they're kind of edging for with it and i I think it's going to come back in another capacity companies are always edging bro yeah i but i do at least applaud them i know it's just like they had to but going back on it you know and just being like oh well you know, the fan feedback and, and dissent was louder than, you know, we hoped it would be. <laughs> we were just like, but just, like just kidding. <laughs> how could you have not known that's what it was going to be? You know, you, you double somebody's subscription. That's not even something that fucking Netflix has done, you know? Like, uh, it, not double at once, but yeah. they do. They've slowly done the yeah. pressure cooker thing over years. Like they've raised it almost every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but they're saying that the value prop is, well, take this year, for instance. Mm-hmm. They're releasing a movie a week. Mm-hmm. And not even just like, oh, here's um, some indie thing, right? Mm-hmm. They have big stars attached to this, like Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Like yeah. They're saying, like, hey, there's big value to it. I think that's a mistake here where it's like, uh, here's gold, but which doesn't no have anymore. very much value to begin with beyond yeah. being able to play online. The thing is, that, yeah, exactly. The only value that they really have 
with their subscription now is Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Fucking get rid of gold. Have it be just Just Game have Pass. it all just be one thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, why not? I, I, would, think, I think I would consolidate for the customers. Yeah, yeah, I think the dual subscription stuff is weird and messy, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I get it. Like, Sony does it too with, you know, PlayStation Now and PS Plus, but... I think there's a distinct difference between those two. Where do, it's like, yeah. Do you remember the rumor last year that they were thinking about getting rid of gold mm-hmm. completely? I didn't know that their way of doing that was by making sure nobody would want it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, Jesus Just Christ. scaring people off from it forever. <laughs> yeah, don't pay for this, idiot. Pay for the Game Pass. It's, it's a bummer because I feel like, uh, you know, people are without jobs. Our economy took a really yeah. horrible hit in the last 10 months. And it's like, okay, the one, like a lot of people are, are at home. We're gaming. Cause it's like the one thing that we can safely do and a way we can connect with our friends. Don't bite your consumers by doubling their price. Yeah. For the subscription. It I just, think that was a hurts. big part of the blowback. Yeah. Right. Where it's just like, Oh fuck. Well, and you know, there's, there's always a slew of people that are yeah. totally willing to be like, I will cancel my mm-hmm. subscription. If you do that, unless it's the one way they can justify maybe getting, I don't know, more, server space or online capability in terms of play yep that's the only thing i can think of but yeah, i don't know i don't know well good luck to them yeah we'll see how that goes we'll see if microsoft <laughs> suffers uh, for this one uh i had another one on here that's pretty interesting just mm-hmm. a flyby sure. play dead uh is making another game we knew about this already but okay. their next game has been solidified as a third person sci-fi adventure and is apparently get ready for this gamers uh is being published by epic games <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I, I think they like announced that before. We're going to see yeah. that more and more, like Epic coming in as a publisher and just kind of throwing money at companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? You got that coin? Mm-hmm. Make it uh What sound does coins make? Clink. Make it clink. Make it clink. Make it clink. Uh, <laughs> Toss a coin at your play dead. Come on. <laughs> Toss a coin at your technical director. I mean, so a third person sci-fi adventure game, kind of close to what they've done in the past <laughs> um inside was a little sci-fi yeah right whereas i think um the first game uh limbo was more supernatural mm-hmm. kind of in flavor but um there there's some like sci-fi horror mm-hmm. i guess you could say in inside so it's not it's not like it's a out there fit yeah. for the studio right i think uh it would be super interesting to see what they do with like a full-on third person adventure yeah game. like kind of, of getting away from platforming and, and side scrollers yeah. basically right so i think that's pretty cool i want to see them take that on mm-hmm. obviously they have a really strong artistic design mm-hmm. i wasn't a big fan of inside mm-hmm. i'm like one of the only people that didn't think it was this fucking miraculous <laughs> goddamn thing like i was just like it's fine it's mm-hmm. got simple puzzles and just cool art design whatever <laughs> like i felt the same way about limbo too i was like oh okay yeah it's cool whatever mm. you know i don't know limbo hit for me in an exceptional way because i really? thought like it was just a really like aesthetically it was a, a, a very well done horror game mm-hmm. um i thought the puzzles were pretty well designed um right. and it's just i don't know it's a great game yeah i i, I it's one of those things where like i can admit and be like yes these are mm-hmm. very good games yeah but i don't like them very typically much. that's not your bag of game like you don't Maybe typically not. go for platformers not not super typically it has to do something kind of um exceptional for me to like be really into it i I, like off the top of my head i can't think of a platformer that i really really love Mm -hmm. i didn't grow up with that i grew up with uh only call of duty black ops part three sure uh my favorite game of all time (laughs) but yeah i'm I'm interested to see what they do uh the article from ign that i was uh looking at by the way talking about this Mm -hmm. has a little quotey uh who wrote this by the way jordan alleman go give him a click 
uh, basically says the openings. These are the job openings that they found this for, by the way. Mm-hmm. Also mentioned Playdead's company culture, noting that the studio's approach to develop- development, quote, does not include crunching towards arbitrary deadlines, end quote. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that call out. I yeah. love that it's actually part of their fucking job listing. That's like, you would never see a company do that. I love that. So respect to you, Playdead, on that front. Wouldn't you want to know that, like, up front? Like, hey, y'all. Do we just crunch to crunch? Like, what is the bar like mm-hmm. around here? Because I don't think you're ever gonna get a straight answer, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Like, if you're applying to like even like a bigger company, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, well, you know, we work hard here. Like, you'll you'll, you'll hear some sheepish reaction. But like, what that. company is ever gonna admit to crunching up front? Yeah, exactly. Like, what like, the like, fuck? No, but like to have a company say like, hey, we do not crunch, mm-hmm. and that's not the ecosystem that we foster here. That's big news. I like that. This game was first teased in 2018. Did not know that. Yeah. Via postcards given out at GDC. That's interesting. Cool. I like Play Dead. I want to see them keep growing in, in the game space. They obviously have, have a lot of talent on their team, and they have a vision that... Um, th- their pedigree of game is, like, it's kind of rare. You know, not every company is making games like they are, and I think we should keep studios like that alive and, and keep letting them do their thing, so... Let him play dead. Let him play dead. <laughs> Let him play dead. Yeah, I'm super interested in it. Yeah. yeah. Are you? What? In the next game that they're yeah. doing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't like Inside. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll keep That's on saying, fair. I didn't That's like fair. Inside. I liked I liked Limbo enough. Mm-hmm. Not as much as everyone else did, but like, I don't, yeah, Inside, it just did not do it for me. I don't know what it was. Okay. It didn't have meat on its bones. That's my problem. Uh, okay. It didn't have any meat on its yeah. bones. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you one last question here before we get into the showcase conversation here. Uh, number four. Kevin, I want to I know, what do you think Sony san diego studio is working on sony san diego studio because let's think about where they are a lot of hills a lot of hills near the water Mm -hmm. they're working on shadow Mm -hmm. the colossus part two oh there it is (laughs) holy (laughs) shit that's what they're doing (laughs) so kind of two bits here uh playstation's new sony san diego studio is working to quote expand upon existing franchises according to the linkedin profile of the studio's former oh where all the good news comes from (laughs) yeah michael mumbauer worked at playstation as studio head until november 2020 in the segment of his profile dealing with his work with the new san diego team he writes his latest achievement he did he write this in the third person (laughs) his latest achievement is having built a brand new all-star triple a action slash adventure development team for playstation based in san diego and utilizing proprietary engine technology this team was assembled to expand upon existing franchises and craft all new stories for the next generation of gamers so not us so not us not us we're We're the we're the last generation of gamers (laughs) we're the generation that likes 50 cent blood in the sand they don't make games for us no more (laughs) we're dying we're we're the generation that wants vicarious visions to make a tony hawk 3 and tony hawk underground (laughs) remake (laughs) they don't listen to anybody that keeps on saying uh they want a dead space 4 god damn it uh this is interesting Mm -hmm. um i think so we're saying establish IP within the Sony wheelhouse yes. is what they're going to they're working on, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Having, I mean, traditionally spinoffs are handled by other studios, mm-hmm. right? Look at uh, like the Batman Arkham games. Yeah, like the latest one that's coming out is being made by WB Montreal and mm-hmm. not um, what are they fucking called? Rocksteady. 
how come I remember Sefton Hill's name and not Rocksteady? Anyway, <laughs> like I was just thinking like, oh, what is Sefton Hill's studio called? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's interesting. As far as those IP, like let's just lay it out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncharted probably mm-hmm. is an obvious one. Sure. Maybe they're making another Uncharted, new characters or mm-hmm. something. Or maybe it's like a, a baby Drake situation. Maybe. What did he do when he was 18? Ah! And then you know he's swinging around. Or yeah, maybe shit. to tie into like the, the movie that's coming out. Um, oh yeah, with skin, skinny old Tom Holland. Yeah, just kind of going around there, hanging out with uh, Soli. That's good. Or, that movie's never coming out. Yeah, I know it's not. It got think, delayed again. It, dog. <laughs> <laughs> like literally every movie got delayed again. The yeah. new James Bond, fucking that stupid ass Morbius movie, The Living Vampire, mm-hmm. that got delayed to next year. Oh, with Jared Leto. We're not even out of the first month of this year, and they're just like, <laughs> boys, we're calling it quits on the vampire film. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> knowing that now rather than getting my hopes up for it. For Morbius? <laughs> yeah, you know? There was a time, Kevin, hear me out, there was a time where we went to the movies just to go to the movies. That's we would true. watch That's any true. stupid fucking yeah, movie that came out. Yeah, literally anything so. that came out. I, would, yeah, I, I pined for those days. It's because I love having a beer and sitting down in comfy reclining seats, yeah. man. God damn it, I miss that shit. Yeah, it's changed. Now we gotta watch like movies like Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas. And... While we're drinking like way too much whiskey <laughs> yeah. and being completely confused. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that, I remember that. So... I mean, what's your guess? If if they were to work on Uncharted, I would definitely want it to be kind of an interstitial title. Mm. You know, give them, I don't know, Lost Legacy two. Give them something else. I, I definitely don't want Lost them Legacy to two. continue with four's lineage. No, I would definitely want Naughty Dog to handle that because I don't know. That's like their that's their baby. Yeah, and I think they would do that the most justice. Not to say that another studio couldn't do a good mm. job, but I think Naughty Dog has a very specific vision for the games that they do. And yeah, I, I don't think it would be out of the question to give this to a different studio. Well, let me ask you, is there title. is there a Sony franchise that you would want to see get like either a spinoff or some sort of continuation? And it could be something that's not even in the current uh, steno pool of like franchises they're playing with right now. Could I mean, be an old see. one. Let's see. We got games like Infamous. Yeah, we yeah. Got Sly Cooper. Uh, yeah. Jack and Daxter. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, Thinking around games that are still like somehow like Naughty Dog and, and Sucker Punch. Uh-huh. I don't know. You saying Shadow of the Colossus 2, that's not a terrible idea. I mean, I would want a Japanese studio to take on a sequel to any kind of like any of the uh, Japan studio uh, titles. But... No, I'm, I'm with you on that yeah, one for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, Infamous is an interesting one because that one got shelved and I don't think Sucker Punch is going to go back to it right now. Obviously, I think Ghost of Shima 2 mm-hmm. is the most obvious thing that they're going to work on next mm-hmm. so it would be cool to see like hey we got a new infamous uh, from this other studio or go back to shit like the order there we go that would be cool to fucking yeah. have finally have a sequel right uh, you know the first one made a lot of mistakes and mm-hmm. that that studio that did it whoa god damn it was that sony santa monica that made that game oh fuck hang on we're gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up right now we're gonna look no it up right they now. did um, who made the order 18 something 1886 they had done a different god of war game didn't they do Chains of Olympus? Whatever pseudo that was? Fuck. Oh, the PSP ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Ready at Dawn. Oh, yeah. Ready at Dawn did that. Okay. Well, I would, I would still like to see a sequel to The Order. I think there's a lot of promise there. Yeah, you played that one what, In a one year city. or two ago. And yeah. <laughs> you were surprised by it. I was surprised that it was like, oh, this has a decent story, decent mm-hmm. like universe. It's just that it's kind of um, it's kind of a little bit of a shallow experience gameplay wise because mm-hmm. it's so 
it's so cinematic years of war there isn't like enough game there you mm-hmm. know but it's so interesting yeah i would love to see that come back um i can't think of anything else that would really set my mind on fire yeah uh that hasn't already have like a studio working yeah. on a project just thinking through like established franchises i'm just like well you're gonna have like the main players working on their main projects you're gonna have sony santa monica working on the god of wars you're gonna have gorilla working on horizon you know mm-hmm. um, you're gonna keep those aces in their places and i <laughs> I, I, I that was good yeah i legit think that they're gonna probably <laughs> maybe reinvigorate like an old <laughs> uh, franchise or something like that yeah it's it's an industry term is it really yeah. oh i like it yeah <laughs> idiom huh well well good luck to them i hope i hope sony finds its footing mm. maybe <laughs> one day we get a new spiral game through them i don't know okay i mean i don't i i i had a um there's a tweet mm-hmm. about like hey t- tell us uh tell me a video game confession that people will take your gamer card away oh, and i was sure. like i had a whole slew i was just like well I've never played a Crash Bandicoot, a Spyro, a Jack and Daxter, or a Sly Cooper game in my life. Oh, shit. Like, n- none of the Sony mascot games are something that I've really... Like, Like technicality, mm-hmm. I played Crash via Uncharted 4. You remember that one part? Yeah, I do remember yeah, that. That's the only time I've ever played Crash in my life, and I was like, okay, I didn't know you run at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a surprise to me. It was like, oh, I didn't know it was this. I was an N64 kid, mm-hmm. man. I had Gex. I had Buck Bumble. I got the the rocket on robot wheels, mm. you know, all the good shit. You Gex. Missed, <laughs> you missed all those games. I, I get it. Yeah, I, I missed it. them. Yeah. So I don't get excited when people are like, oh, there might be a new Sly Cooper. I'm just like, what does that mean? I, I know it's exciting <laughs> for people who like the mascot games. I yeah. am far removed from being into them like I was right. you know, back in the day. What was your biggest mascot game? That was Sonic, right? Sonic was uh, your dude. Yeah, I think Sonic was definitely my biggest mascot game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes mm. sense. I played Ratchet. Okay. I played the remake of the first game mm-hmm. that was also a movie that was fucking awful, <laughs> but the game was better than the movie. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, we'll see. What if... Yeah. Because I, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, like, this studio has players from Project Gen on it. What is Project Gen? They did The Last Ooh. Guardian. So, like, what if we get... Oh, no. What if we get, like, a like an Ico remake or something through uh, that? I mean, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Ico remake I would enjoy. Um, I didn't like The Last Guardian. I know, you hated that game. Yeah, I'd prefer if they just, like, Mm-mm. didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just full stopped. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we got a lot of studios working on a lot of things, and especially with, like, how the industry and delays have been lately, who knows when this project will get announced or, you know. Whatever the fuck it could be, right? Least. Whatever the fuck it could yeah. be. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. on, on the flip side, we also have the fact that Sony Santa Monica is working on a, a new IP outside of God of War, so... We'll see how that comes. Are they really? Well. Yeah, they are. And yeah, they hired like writers and talent for a separate project. So yeah, actually, uh, before God of War, they were kicking around another original IP that mm-hmm. just didn't like go anywhere. That Raising Kratos documentary talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I think they're a very talented developer, and I wouldn't want to see them get pigeonholed just making God of War sequels for the rest mm-hmm. of their career. I mean, it's got to be boring for a fucking studio. It takes five years to make a fucking game like that. Yeah, to make a masterpiece? Fuck. Yeah, could you imagine where it's just like, fuck, my whole life is just like this one <laughs> fucking game. I want to move on and do... This is why people leave studios, dude. That's true. It's like, oh, come work for Bungie. You're going to make Destiny forever, bitch. I'm like, no, no, I want to do something else, you yeah. know? They get bored. It's true. Those studios, these projects, it's all so far away, Kevin. Yeah. I want to know what happened this week. Tell me what happened on Thursday, January 21st. Um, On Thursday, January 21st, I think Biden signed a bunch of executive orders to, like, 
you know, make the 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 stimulus checks a little better. Oh, right? that's true. Was that, was that what yeah, he he did a bunch of stuff, a retroactive of stuff, stuff yeah, to yeah. like kind of you know counteract all of Trump's policies. Took down yeah. the wall policy. What was, what was the the protest about in Seattle? Something about ice. Yeah, they're, ice. they're mad about ice. They're mad about ice. Yeah, I'm mad about ice. We still got ice. Well, it's the fact that like he he wasn't working to to abolish ICE quicker. Oh, he needs to. Yeah, yeah. Piece of shit organization. Okay. Well, there's some Resident Evil shit here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the Resident Evil showcase occurred on Thursday. Uh, it was about what twenty or so minutes, and mm-hmm. Capcom hyped it the fuck up like it was going to be this like terrific bombardment of Resident Evil news because it is the 25th anniversary of the franchise this year, man. March 22nd. Is it March 22nd? Mm-hmm. That's of 25. Oh, yeah. well, fantastic. So. What we got was, of mm-hmm. course, some announcements related to Resident Evil Village, mm-hmm. also known as Resident Evil 8, mm-hmm. and a release date, finally. Nice. Guess when it's coming out? Do I need to guess? May 7th. I know when it's 2021. coming out. <laughs> and they also announced that it's uh, it's happening for not just current gen, PS5, and mm-hmm. Xbox Series SX, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. What a fuck? What was a crazy? What a crazy name? Anyway, it's coming out last gen, PS4, Xbox One. If you get those editions of the game, you mm-hmm. will get a free digital upgrade to next gen. Excellent. Uh, yeah, good stuff. And PC, of course. So Let me ask you, since yeah. this is kind of like the first time we've ever really gotten a Resident Evil showcase like this. Yeah. Kind of high level. Like, what did you think? Do you think they kind of hit the marks they needed to for it being like kind of this 25 year anniversary blowout? Is there something you wish they would have done more or something that kind of got left out? You know, what, what did you feel about it? Uh, I thought it was a little limp Um <laughs> <laughs> I think everything around RE8 is strong. Sure. That's just a strong product. I think it had a strong showing. The, the trailer they showed was great, and then the little gameplay dive that they did was super, yes. super interesting. Um, but they also had a couple other announcements. They are doing a free-to-play PvP title mm-hmm. called Resident Evil Reverse. Re- Reverse? Reverse? Yeah, it's clever. Oh, my God. It looks like it's uh, reusing some RE Engine assets, but they decided to slap it with like a cell shaded filter, which looks I disgusting. I didn't catch on my phone initially, and you said that, and I was like, did it look like that? And then I rewatched it on my TV today and I'm like, oh yeah, there's like this weird comic zone filter on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really lazy thing to like if you're gonna go for like a cell shaded tone, like go into it, right? Mm. Have like blood spurts and stuff that are just hyper like uh you know, exaggerated. No. Mm-hmm. No, it's literally just a fucking Instagram filter on top of <laughs> RE2. Uh it's got some returning characters, obviously the remake versions of Leon and Claire and Jill and mm-hmm. all the rest of them, and then it's got Jack Baker, mm-hmm. it's got, got fucking Tyrant. Got gamma monsters out there. Gamma monsters, so you can play as the monsters and you fight each other, and it's uh, exactly what nobody in this fandom has asked for. <laughs> Literally nobody in this fucking fandom is asking for a PvP multiplayer fucking game out of Resident Evil, dude. Are you like who are you kidding me, Capcom? What is this like fascination with this shit? I don't know how they checked the pulse on a resident evil multiplayer twice and missed the mark twice yeah we had resistance <laughs> last year which um the pulse on that is eh like that's the most excitement it was like yeah you're, you're trying to go for a dead by daylight situation but you literally never put any any effort into it beyond like uh recycle a bunch of assets and get some other fucking contract studio to work on it mm-hmm. no of course these things are never going to take off right so like i'm not excited about this but mm-hmm. you get it for free yeah just like resistance, but you got to buy RE8 
to get it. Oh, bummer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not into it. Not into it. They also announced some content for... This is a weird one. The Division 2 is going to have, like, unlockable guns and skins. Mm-hmm. Like, you can yep. you can dress like Leon in his RPD outfit because we all want to yep. look like cops in 2021. Leon and Jill. And, oh, and Jill. <laughs> and they all look so goofy and weird. Like, the Division character models wearing those costumes. It was a very strange announcement. Like, when, yeah. when I saw, like, uh, that guy from Supermassive come in, or Massive come in, rather, I was like, what? Who are yeah, you? I Why? almost got super excited. I was like, oh, my God, are you guys going to do something interesting? Like, uh-huh. you're going to let Ubisoft take over, like, some mm-hmm. sort of, like, spinoff title? And then they gave us dog shit. What <laughs> would have been more interesting, Yeah, do, like, kind of a extra level content where it's like, okay, maybe you go into a dark zone and it's zombies yeah and you're fighting like off that. zombies yeah they're not doing that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that's that's why this like half of this showcase was just like oh mm-hmm. that's not exciting he- here's a disappointment so before the show uh they spent the whole week on their social media like re games account posting images of like the retro inventory menu screens mm-hmm. from re1 re2 re3 and fans went crazy because they were like oh my god these are really high resolution yeah. are they perchance teasing uh, remaster collection of the original trilogy because those games are super hard to get. Um, they're not available on modern consoles anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to get, dig out your PS3 to just download shitty-looking PS1 versions of the games, right? That's why you have your PS3 out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's exactly why. So I can also play Dino Crisis. Anyway, and uh, or, or the PC ones, right? So people got excited. I got excited. I was like, oh my god, that'd be a dream come true. Like, I would buy it on my console, and I'd buy it on the Switch. So I can lay on my back and be like, oh, I love you, Jill, blah, 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 and run around, and oh, Nemesis, you know? But no, no. They fucked up. <laughs> they gave us reverse. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's a drop ball. But like the year is still early, and who knows? Maybe they announce something like this in the like second half of the year. I would hope. I do not expect. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's so interesting that uh, for everything that Capcom does right, and you know, recent years they've done a lot right. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter, um, the Resident Evil remakes, RE Seven, mm-hmm. all right, 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 doing the right stuff, right. Um, and to an extent, Street Fighter V. Originally not so good. Got good from what I hear, right? But uh, for every good thing they do, they have like four flubs. Mm-hmm. They go like, oh, oops, oh, oops, sorry, didn't give you anything you wanted. Oopsie daisies, but mm-hmm. we're going to do this anyway. And I'm just like, I prefer you didn't commit these resources to like <laughs> this shit, you know? Like Reverse, for instance. Just give us mercenaries. How many times do the fans have to tell you? Mm-hmm. Just do mercenaries. Like, what sort of data are they pulling from where they're determining that this is what they need to be doing? I, I think it's an obvious ploy to try to, like, strike into the, the Twitch market, right? They sure. want They want an instantly streamable game, which is not going to be a single-player horror game. They want, uh, they want, like, a DVD. They want a Dead by Daylight. I swear to you, dude. But watching people play horror games on Twitch mm. is exciting in any capacity, whether it's a single-player game or a multiplayer game. So Yeah, but they still get trounced in numbers by games like Dead by Daylight mm. because it's just it has that recurrent pathway sure. to it, right? So it's like, that's what they want. I know it. That's what Resistance was. That in Invest time in making yeah. a full paid-for game. Exactly. Quit, quit slapping on free experiences that like, are half-baked. <laughs> yeah, half-baked or just like uh, asset recycles. Like, yeah, that, that's the problem. It's like you're not – you want that, and yet you won't commit to making it good. So it's just another disposable yeah. bullshit. And, and maybe – Maybe they're smart to be doing this because, like, in the past, they've tried to do multiplayer experiences that have flopped pretty hard. Yeah. You know, 
Raccoon City. Actually, that one uh, did really well. Operation Raccoon City did <laughs> yeah, well? Yeah, it did. It sold pretty hard, actually. Yeah. Okay. It's not like... Ter- they didn't outdo RE5 or something no. like that, but it sold well. I just think um, the pulse wasn't there for it again. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to do Umbrella Core, which was a goddamn flop. And that, that goddamn again, flop. So. That's the one that's a terrible one. <clears throat> yeah, You look suspicious at Raccoon City doing well. It did. It actually did. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just... Nothing's ever going to do as well as the mainline titles. So. No, never. Of course not. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course not. And I, I think that's true of any series. Mm-hmm. But there's just something so like low effort. Yeah. About well, like what about these like expansions or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. to the universe that they do with Resident Evil. And it's like, guys, if you want to go simple, just again, you just need to do like a co-op experience in the RE engine mm-hmm. if you want. Have some fucking throw in some loot boxes if you want have mm. a progression unlock system and bingo bango you're done so mm. you don't gotta go crazy and be like wouldn't it be crazy if there's nine nemesises on the screen <laughs> like shut up don't you want to see them don't you want to see where one of them wearing a hat that yeah. you unlocked for five dollars no uh. no i i think there's still like a community in want for smaller multiplayer experiences like mm. a two-person co-op mercenaries thing yeah or a horde mode or whatever i don't understand why they just don't do it this stuff is readily there and available. <laughs> I know. Um, but, I don't know either. You know, I what, have no idea either. Why don't we get into the, the details of the the event? RE8? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll run into it real quick. Okay. All right, let's see. So Village, again, big showcase on Village. Uh, I, I want you to know something off the top of the, the bat here, that uh, the, mm-hmm. the tall vampire lady that set the imaginations of the internet on fire. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Lady Dimitrescu. Oh. Dimitrescu. I like that. It's a hard name to say. Uh, name. According to research done by Kotaku's Ash Parish, uh, she's about eight feet tall. Oh, <laughs> so now we know. Size. Now we know. Now we know. Uh, beyond that, uh, we already talked about that. But uh, oh, Ethan Winters is back. Of course, ah. has more melee moves, including a kick and some counterattacks. So there's a little more of an action focus in this mm-hmm. game, obviously, versus uh, RE7. And then, ooh, we have a character by the name of the Duke. They are the new version of the Merchant from RE4, mm-hmm. and he'll sell you all sorts of weapons. He's a big old jolly guy sitting in the back of a carriage. <laughs> he is apparently an interesting fellow. That's what he said. According to Pete Fabiano, <laughs> producer of the franchise. And then, um, ooh, if you guys didn't know, there is a demo of the game available for PS5 right now called Maiden. It's actually more of a tone demo than it is anything from the actual game, so you don't have to worry about it spoiling the story for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it. Uh, we both I watched sort of played it. Play. You yeah. watched me play it. There you go. And it was good. Mm-hmm. Also, I just, before I get into it, uh, they're going to do another demo in the spring, which is going to feature combat. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that they're doing two demos for this thing, the sports yeah. project. Whereas like the Midnight Hour and the demo for like Resident Evil 7, it was more of that same tone demo of like, we're just yeah. going to kind of keep adding to it and doing puzzles. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, they probably could have done the same thing for Village at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, we know what the combat's going to be, but it's cool that they're willing to give us like a slice of it. Yeah, yeah. I think there there is some variances to this combat, you know. So I would love to well, see what it's like to kick a I zombie think it's in the face. Smart too, considering how they did it with Resident Evil Two Remake and Three, mm-hmm. where they gave us like a little bit of like what that one shot, one take demo, mm-hmm. where it was like, hey, here's a 15, 20 minute demo, play through the yeah. section, boom. I really enjoy that Capcom is like one of the rare developers that's just like so confident in their product that they are willing to give us demos mm-hmm. because I've said it before, it makes no business sense to let a player play a demo of your game 
right? Because there is a per- there is a percentage of people that will not buy your game after playing a demo. That yeah. is what the numbers have shown. Remember back in the 360 era, everything had a demo. They stopped doing that shit for mm. a reason, yeah. right? <laughs> Especially if the demo is bad. We've we've heard a lot of cases of demos mm-hmm. actually turning players away from the idea exactly, of the game yeah. entirely. So so I, it just shows me that Capcom is confident in their product, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Uh, the maiden demo was interesting. It was only like fucking what like less than 15 minutes yeah um walking around seeing the graphics seeing what they're doing with the re engine on ps5 looks beautiful very very um detailed the lighting was crazy in the game yeah walking through that european castle like going Mm. from like a dungeon up into like the living areas to the main hall like the details on like the doors the artwork the stuff you're coming across it's it's gorgeous it's grotesque and i can't wait to see how they flesh the rest of the world out with that or inverse it over time because i i feel like this game's going to do a lot of like fuck with your head sort of stuff Mm. so we'll we'll see how the graphics play with that too yeah yeah it it looks beautiful right Mm -hmm. like uh it is no slouch on PlayStation 5 right mm-hmm. now. But um, as far as details from the game itself, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of mystery around this title, mm-hmm. right? We, we only know that the inciting incident is basically Chris Redfield Took a baby. storms into <laughs> Mr. Winter's life again and steals his newborn baby and supposedly, reportedly, shoots Mia. The only correct choice from RE7, by the way. <laughs> uh, so it's like, okay, so he's whisked away to Europe for some reason mm-hmm. to stop Chris. Like, it, it, there's a lot of, like, like we didn't even know before that these these villainesses were part of it. No, which is, no uh, idea. The lady of the house and her three daughters, who are apparently all vampires. Her bloodhound gang. Her bloodhound gang, yeah. if you will. I'm into them. <laughs> the, the Sanderson sisters, you call them. It's, it's interesting because you see similarities and even the maiden demo kind of led into the idea that like they are doing something out there and you're maybe testing a virus yeah they had subjects that were failed (laughs) seeing how those characters kind of traverse the the castle after you two kind of like vanishing and reappearing in kind of a wave of like bugs reminds me a little bit of like how marguerite kind of phased in and out so i wonder if there's still something going on with like the e-virus out there yeah, I, so it is supposed to be a conclusion to Ethan's story, is mm-hmm. what the developers have been saying. And I am curious how it like directly connects to what we saw, because there's a lot of questions from RE7, yeah. right? We don't know what company or organization was like, you know, either created Eve or was harboring Eve. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mia, for instance, we don't even know what her situation was. She was basically an armed guard for this uh biological monstrosity of a little girl and we don't know like anything about Mm -hmm. that right and there are some like hints in the dialogue from the trailer that like they've been prepared for their lives getting upended again yeah you know it's like oh it's all we talked about it's like one of the lines and i'm like what is going on i gotta wonder how that like helicopter ride home went and then like the months to year in between Gotta be pretty fucking awkward, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had to have Chris Redfield save you. That never looks good for a relationship. But um, yeah, so I, I'm super interested. Let me ask you, though, like knowing that I won't say it's a big departure, but it's a departure for Resident Evil. How do you feel about the jump from like what the rustic horror of RE7 mm-hmm. to this more kind of gothic uh, style of horror that takes place in Europe? I would say if we hadn't gotten Resident Evil 4 and the tone of, like, some of that, maybe this would have felt out of place. Right. But I think it it works. It does seem like kind of a natural evolution for how weird it is. Mm-hmm. Some of the events and things that are going on, it does seem like an evolution of, of 7 to this. Um, I love the reeled-in feel, the grounded nature of the Baker estate and kind of seeing stuff go topsy-turvy over time. Um, there's some stuff 
from the onset already that's kind of like head scratching like you know werewolf men and tall vampire ladies yeah. with long fingers like lady deathstrike situation and and all this other stuff um but i i think it it works like i i love that we were talking about it the other day like i love that americana horror feel yeah, um, yeah. with some of the american horror influence of movies like texas chainsaw massacre evil dead that like seven did so well and to take it to europe like if if you had asked me where I saw Seven going like two years ago, I would have never said Europe. So it's it's interesting to see like this is the direction they're taking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if we hadn't got some of the more overtop sequences from Four and later games, this would make no fucking sense to me. But at this point, it's like anything seems to go with Resident Evil at this point. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, what, dog. anything can fucking happen. So like whatever, we got Werewolf Men, we got Van Helsing with a fucking battle axe doing like psychic shit in dungeons we got vampire ladies so you know whatever is so is that so the guy in the hat who looks like uh fucking van helsing right is that the heisenberg that they were referring to i think so in it okay yeah with the psychic shit that's Mm kind of nuts though right but then again seven did set up that concept yeah that the the virus apparently gives you magic abilities yeah so there's there's some (laughs) continuity that it it grounds it even still like if they are fucking shooting up on the Mm e-virus or some kind of mutated version of it then okay I'm in. I understand why yeah, this is yeah. happening. Um, I'm I'm interested to see though, like how they continue to do that more real than horror field while kind of balancing a more action packed story. Because like we kind of already said, you can kick, you can be kind of a little bit more aggressive with stuff. There's barrels you can shoot, which Seven didn't have. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see how they kind of weave pursuer characters into this one as well. Um, so a big beast man with the big hammer thing yeah. that's a big beast that's man. a big boy everything's tall in this game mm-hmm. let me ask you a question why do you think the internet's so horny over the tall vampire lady the eight foot tall vampire i think everybody lady. in their life at one point or another and whether they want to admit it or write it in their journal they want to be dominated by something taller than them they want to be stepped on it's just mm-hmm. we all have it in us and you guys are shaking your heads as you're listening to this right now and i'm gonna call you liars you're liars right yeah, now. You've all wanted to be stepped on or consumed by a giant on. woman at one point in your life. And Lady... What's her name? Demetrius? Lady Demetriscu. Demetriscu. She speaks to that in full. Right. You know? She definitely does. So I guess the difference between RE7 and RE8 is that RE7 was rated M for gore. Uh-huh. This one's rated M for vor. Rated V for vor. <laughs> rated V for vor. Uh, yeah. That's fun. I'm, I want to know more about, about her, like what her for lineage sure. is and like what's going on. Because it seems like she's ancient. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get files in the uh, demo that kind of suggest that she's been, been Lady like the, the Castle since the 50s. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, even even earlier. We're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that this Castellan approach to it. Yeah, I'm interested to see like a different take on like <clears throat> ancient horror. You know, yeah, because like when Resident Evil takes you to different places, they're taking you there for a reason, mm. and there has to be a reason we're going here. You know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe the company that was working on the E virus like originated from Europe. Yeah, there's like, a lot of like uh, lineage <laughs> shit with the series, uh, even with like you know Lord Spencer who started Umbrella, like mm. he's been around doing shit. I, yeah, I, I like diving into the past in this. I think it'd be mm. super interesting. Uh, I wonder, however. Mm-hmm. How how does it connect to like the overall like umbrella story? Like mm-hmm. I think we saw some art that looked like there was an umbrella logo. Mm-hmm. Like where you look at all like in the demo, all the family crests are there mm-hmm. for like the different families that are apparently in the area. Heisenberg mm-hmm. is one of the names mentioned, mm-hmm. and it's like an umbrella shaped crest. And I'm just uh, like, what's going on here? What's the haps? I mean, 
would it matter, especially with this kind of new hmm. timeline of Resident Evil? What, like same t- timeline actually? They never changed the fucking timeline. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's always been the same. But like, would it even matter if they kept dipping into the umbrella of it all? Like, what if they mm-hmm. just kind of went a different way with it? Uh, I mean, I feel like they have a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, RE Five only had like a little bit of umbrella influence. Mm-hmm. It was mostly about that Tricell, Tricell Corporation yeah. and what Wesker was up to. I think it's fine. Seven didn't feel like it needed any umbrella references until like the end was just like, oh hey, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I was fine without it. Yeah, and they're like, okay, here it is, and then I'm like scratching my head for a year as to how it makes sense, who Chris is, yeah. who Blue Umbrella is, and it's like you gave me more. More questions than answers right just tell a good story <laughs> yeah. have some um i feel like there's a lot of mechanics and style mm-hmm. that speak to resident evil more so than the overall lore mm-hmm. and i feel like re7 got that like down pat yes this one should do it too right but yeah i'm very excited i'm excited for it too and then for people who haven't played it something that is exciting is they're doing like an ethan winters collection pack where you can get seven and eight together yeah so if you haven't played seven yet get that play seven it's one of the best games of fucking last gen. right it's so good i wish they upgraded it for next gen though yeah. i so wish god it would look so be- like if it looked like that maiden demo mm-hmm. oh, 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 oh. but now, no i'm interested to see too because they're doing more expansive stuff with like the inventory you have kind of the, the return to the suitcase inventory and tetris know, baby. um and then they Col- collectathons too they made it seem like there was a, a new emphasis on crafting as if we've never crafted in a resident evil game before um it's like true there's crafting in seven yeah (laughs) maybe because they were mentioning like there isn't a lot of crafting in like part four you don't craft in part four no you just combine herbs (laughs) yeah but seven did and then like two and three as well you're crafting you're combining things to craft things so yeah yeah kind of but yeah i like it i mean i i think what they're trying to also say is that the environment is far more open in this game mm-hmm. so there might be more opportunity to be like let me explore a little bit more and figure out what i need to grab mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm interested to see how that connects right yeah. like it wide open spaces for resident evil means you got to put shit in there mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm interested to see them do the opposite funneling it seems like where it's like you usually start with a central location and then work your way out but it seems mm-hmm. like you're working your way from like america to the main village area to the castle like the castle might be like if not the last area like second to last area yeah yeah or maybe there's multiple castles like mm-hmm. the demo hinted at yeah because like there's different families not just the dimitriscu i'll mm-hmm. never get that right <laughs> and you also made it seem and this wouldn't be kind of out of the ordinary because seven made you do it but the fact that you might play as other characters Yes, um, there's been a bunch of leaks, and things change so drastically. This game has changed, by the way. It started mm-hmm. as Revelations 3, and oh, now sure. it's RE8. I always forget that. Um, it, yeah, I, I would love to see what their idea for Revelations 3, if this came out of it. But um, yeah, the rumor is that you play as like a female character who might be related to the village in some way. Um, and maybe even Chris, which mm-hmm. is not out of the ordinary. Yeah, I think that's fine. Cool. Maybe Ethan dies in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> maybe explodes and you got to play as a new character i love that (laughs) they hid that from you maybe the maiden that's who the maiden is from the demo it's a hint everything's a hint they like to subvert expectations and kind of flip stuff around so we'll see spooky scary gigantic women so into it (laughs) i I need to can we pivot we got to pivot to another discussion that came right after the showcase Um, unless you have other words about re village eight uh or the rest of the the conference showcase um they didn't show i I think yeah i think we got through all of it reverse Uh, looks like dog shit mm -hmm. i'm not gonna boot up division two to look like rpd leon sorry Mm -hmm. i was willing to do that for monster hunter world but you know Mm -hmm. that game's super super fun anyway no i think i think we got it all then 
We got it. Oh, cool. Almost choked on that one. We got it. So there's another little news bit that came out. Um, let me just go through it. Apparently, apparently, mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4 Remake has switched development teams. Now, this is all reported information, okay? Because, well, this game hasn't even been announced. <laughs> so, what are you making? Well, it's, was that the merchant? Where, it was. Did you play a clip from the game there? I did, on my phone. Is that famous voice actor Daniel? It is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm known for my roles. Let me uh, let me get you through this one. So the oft-rumored but uh, unannounced remake of Resident Evil 4 has changed directions internally, according to the sources that spoke to Video Games Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how you know you're serious, the Chronicle <laughs> of it. Uh, M2, that is m dash. <laughs> a studio partly funded by Capcom and made up of former Platinum Games members was primarily established in 2018 to develop the remake. They even assisted development on last year's Resident Evil 3 remake. However, after an internal review that occurred late last year, Capcom is said to have passed the project to their Division 1 studio. This is the team that worked on Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 7, and Village, and Devil May Cry, and all sorts of shit. Division 1 is their crown jewel, mm-hmm. okay? Video game, uh, video games chronicle writes, quote, it's believed that the disagreements that led to M2's reduced role involved the studio's desire to stick faithfully to the template of the original Resident Evil 4, partly influenced by backlash to Resident Evil 3's remake, which did not include significant portions of the original PlayStation game, much to fans' disappointment. End quote. Now, Capcom, on the other hand, wants to use the original game as sort of an inspiration, but incorporate new story elements and gameplay. This internal reboot is expected to delay the game by at least a year, pushing it out to about 2023. That's it. So, I, I want to I put this out there. Sure. This is not an uncommon thing, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even look at this as like, oh my god, this game is in trouble. Resident Evil 2 Remake actually was completely scrapped a year before it came out. Mm-hmm. All the development. That game was in development for, I think, like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And they just, internally, they're like, the direction's not really well because they wanted to do something really, really new and different from RE2, and it just wasn't coming together. So they decided to scrap it, be a little more faithful to what RE2 Remake did. Mm-hmm. And in the last year, right before it came out, is when it came together as the game we know. Didn't they do something similar with the Resident Evil 7 DLC? Where they had a team yeah. working on it, and then they're like, no, we're not going to use that team anymore. Yeah. We're shifting it to not a hero. Yeah. yeah, not a hero is being developed by someone else, and they're just like, this is not looking well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, I mean, good on them for kind of knowing when to just kind of take their reins yeah. and, and, and reshift, because it's like, they have a vision and a pedigree and a quality to their games that they're not willing to sacrifice right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's smart for this series. I now, mean same what it's been since 2017 they've been doing kind of back-to-back years and releases where they've just been fucking killing it yeah like, absolutely and that's careful planning and so. a lot of different decision making right and um i mean re7 went through like several different permutations uh one of them was like it was third person for the longest time yeah before they were just like you know what fucking first person right and it worked it worked it worked so i think for this game though it's an interesting kind of debate between trying to make a one-for-one remake mm-hmm. on one hand and then just using it as inspiration to kind of like do something else because fans are well so used to what the original is so mm-hmm. here's two examples resident evil 2 remake mm-hmm. which is very faithful does do its own shit and there is content that was cut from the original game that doesn't make it into the remake mm-hmm. and then you have something like blue points demon souls which mm-hmm. is literally like the psycho remake 
of video games. They just redid the entire game, better graphics, call it a day. Mm-hmm. I think tonally, my opinion is that tonally, Resident Evil 4 can't exist in today's world. It just doesn't make sense. And it also doesn't it doesn't fit with Capcom's new style for the games, which mm-hmm. is little grittier, nasty, photorealistic horror. Mm-hmm. Like, the game was a fucking action game, right? Hey, that dog. Yeah. <laughs> An action game full of camp. Yeah, full of camp, right? So, I don't know. What, what's what's your uh, leaning on that? What would you prefer to see out of RE4 Remake? I hmm. think... <clears throat> and this is... It's, it's the age-old debate, right? Because it's like, we have these games that we loved growing up, yeah. right? And it, we saw it most recently with, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, Dang. right? Do we do the one-for-one remake? Do we make something new? And I think at this point, we've seen both paths done very competently. I don't think the one-for-one serves anymore, unfortunately. Right. Um, and... I've thought about this a lot, especially when it comes to, like, you know, if inevitably there were to ever be a, a different sort of Ocarina of Time remake outside of just the 3DS remake. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I would want to see them do something different. And, yeah, it would bum me out to see certain things missing, but it's just, like, things change. Like, it's been, like, for Resident Evil 4, what, 15 years? <laughs> yes. So, like, yeah. why not just do something different? That game's been ported, like, 20,000 times, about as many times as Skyrim has. Mm. We have that game. That game is fine. You go back to it years later, and it's still, like, it's still all there, right? Like, the story, the pacing, everything about it is still brilliant. But I agree, like, to contextualize it within this new lineage of, of remakes and Resident Evil games, you have to do something different. And whether that means taking out some of the camp taking out some of the character components or protagonists. Deleting Ashley. Yeah, deleting Ashley yeah. or adding new stuff, adding maybe Jill, like we've always talked about, like get, throwing her in there. God, get Jill back in there. You know, or, or maybe throwing like Claire in there for whatever yeah, reason. Throwing like, some crazy, yeah, just do it. <laughs> I, I want to see them spin something different right. because I think they can do it competently. And I know it's going to piss people off, but so what? Like, you have the game. You have Resident Evil 4. Play it on your Switch. Like, whatever. Exactly. You could. You have... That. That's the thing. Yeah, I feel like Demon Souls was a little different in that, like, mm-hmm. time was going to make sure that game was lost. It, yeah. was, it was a fucking PS3 launch game. Mm-hmm. wasn't on anything else. And then it was like, oh, here's this big, you know, yeah. remake, remaster part of a console launch. Great, 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 great. Like, Resident Evil 4 doesn't need that. <laughs> we haven't had time to forget Resident Evil 4 no. is the thing. So We're it's reminded like, every console generation that Resident Evil 4 exists. <laughs> but... I mean, if, if you were to, like, recontextualize it or remove stuff, that's when it gets kind of tricky, right? Because sure. it's like, I feel like the main locations are still needed in ways. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like, I, the new games haven't really played with the idea of, like, Wesker and stuff like that. So That's true, like, too. How like, do we reconcile that concept? Yeah, so I feel like once you get into the more, like, umbrella-laden parts of 4, maybe they start to kind of recontextualize it a little bit. And then, like, <laughs> think about the, the story elements that were added to Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yeah. How do we make a 4 remake and have, like, reintroduce Ada Wong and Leon yeah. to each other and not have that be their, like, cornerstone, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, oh, shit, you remember Raccoon City and what we did and mm-hmm. how Annette was fucking crazy? That whole thing, Actually, right? it would be cool... Remove, right. like we said, Ashley altogether, and maybe right. just have like kind of a Leon Ada situation going throughout it. The thing is, <laughs> I want something that nuts so from an RE4 remake. Yeah. I like you're saying, I want the cornerstone stuff. I want mm-hmm. the foundational stuff, right? The the village at the beginning, yeah. of course. Yeah, the castle, the island. The castle, the puzzles and stuff, you know. 
Hey, that dog. Very important to get that dog. The gigantic enemies and yeah. stuff. The trolls. Yeah, yeah, the trolls. Like, yeah, bring that all back. We need all that shit back. But, you know, I think it's it's time to, like, reconfigure those elements and figure out, like, what's the way to make this, like, hard horror in the tone of mm-hmm. RE2, right? Cause it, and RE7, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way you can do it. And you might have to reduce some of the camp, which might upset people. Yeah. But also introduce, like you're saying, introduce those crazy elements. It would be nuts if, like, hey, we're actually switching between two playable c- c- protagonists, Ada and Leon, mm-hmm. which was something that was a concept in the original game, but like as like a add-on for the PS2 edition, yeah. where you play as like Ada's separate ways campaign. I remember that. Blend those bitches together <laughs> and make something very <clears throat> instrumental. My my worry is like if you carry over the original elements of the game too hard you're going to trip over yourself, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like the companion component of it, where it's like, I feel like companion games are such an idea of a, a, an older generation. Like I haven't seen too many games other than like Sony games straddle that well, you know, looking at like yeah. God of War or looking at like the last of us, uh, part one and part two. It's like, how do you get a companion character that just isn't dead weight? You know, at that point, if you're going to like add in Ashley, Make her more competent, you know, make her an actual asset and not having it be this escort mission where I'm having to hide somebody in barrels and trash cans, you know? Yeah, I don't want that. Especially in this Resident Evil verse where everybody's a badass survivor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? We're fucking, we're out there, we're doing the work. These people, they legitimately drink shakes, like Mm -hmm. protein shakes, to get powerful, to fight tyrants, Mm -hmm. dude. You know, they're out there with grappling hooks and jumping out windows and such. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't get that way hiding in, in fucking trash cans mm-hmm. <laughs> as Liam, or sorry, as Ashley did. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I would, I would love actually to see them go in a different path at, at the risk of making fans upset. I mm-hmm. think if you're looking at Resident Evil three as kind of like a cautionary tale, mm-hmm. I think the only thing you need to be cautious of is not the fact that you walked away from what the original did. Mm-hmm. It's that you didn't make a game better than the original. No, that's kind of the problem. You gave us like uh, scripted nemesis sequences, which while we liked mm-hmm. is not the preference, especially when you gave us something so awesome as Mr. X in part yeah. two. It's like, they just did things that like, it was a, it was a briefer game. There wasn't a lot of meat on its bones and it just didn't best the original. That oh, yeah. was a problem with it, that. Much like the original companions of two and three, all these years later, they did the same thing again, where it's like they made a weaker game by comparison. I don't yeah. think the the failings of remake, like uh, M2 thinks it was, was the fact that it wasn't a one for one game. Like, I yeah. don't think that's the problem. That ain't it. Because no. if you want to be honest, neither is RE2. It's not a one to one. It in fact, what it did was it expanded on what that one yeah. was. It was like a one-two <laughs> comparison, where it's like, yo, the sewers are a thousand times better than they were in the mm-hmm. original game. I know some people hated the sewer parts for some reason. Yeah, I, I love them. I thought it was great. It was fucking scary. Part <laughs> of the problem with that too was like you charged us like a like a sixty dollar price tag for a full game, and it felt like half of a game at times. Oh, but you got resistance. <laughs> uh, whatever. What the fuck ever. <laughs> oh yeah, I felt resistance on that one, friend. Also, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking do whatever you did with this resistance combo pack shit. All right? With no. RE4. Like, literally, literally, you you are obligated to give us mercenaries. I was gonna That's say, where it was born. Division 1, you better fucking give it to us. <laughs> That's what on. I'm saying, doggy dog. Come on. God damn it. So, let me ask you, I don't think you're a purist when it comes to Capcom or Resident Evil games. I think you're allowed to, you know... 
I'm allowed to? Well, I think you're... I have Capcom license. To <laughs> exactly. Or Capcom, Capcom certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're, you're like to to let them do more of what they want without being a piss baby about it. So yeah. <laughs> what do you think they could logistically get away with removing from the game? Because <laughs> like, there's so much. Poor? There's so much, right? <laughs> <laughs> what can they logistically... I think they should... Um... I think they should cut some enemies and introduce new ones. Okay. And especially ones that tie a little bit better into like the remake fold, right? Mm. Like, um there's like this one boss fight that's a really cool sequence, but it's like this forgettable gray boy monster with a big tongue. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good sequence because like it's in the cages that are dropping one by one. Oh, that's a good It's area. cool, but that boss is just like, okay, uh, sure. You're just like gray and weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you end up fighting a bunch of like the the third part of the game is kind of the weakest Mm -hmm. like the the last part of the game is when you go to the prison island it's Mm kind of weak dude they need to like bolster that up and make it better because i got bored fighting the fucking um what what the they look like a gorilla army basically the Mm -hmm. guys that are just coming at you slowly with like shock batons and shit oh yeah those are the stupidest fucking enemies in the game. There's one dude that looks like a, a wrestler. Do you remember yes. where he's got... He's like the big bald guy that's got like... um, He's wearing a black unitard mm. and has like Mad Max spike shoulder pads. He's the stupidest fucking enemy in the game. There's some ridiculous enemy designs and, and choices with it. But like, we there are a lot of really cool ones though. Like, I imagine we still get something like the El Gigantes, those giants. I think we'll still get the alligator in an extent i i gotta wonder if we'll still get salazar which alligator uh what do they call it? The <gasps> oh lake monster. the lake monster yeah. yeah no you need to do the lake yeah. part that was really a brilliant part and like game. even to still have like the chainsaw bros or i don't know the what are they they're they're blind like they hear you when they have like the fucking uh wolverine claws oh the part like, in the castle yeah, yeah those like, are I feel fucked like up enemies you still dude. need to do those more do those. harrowing moments and then get rid of some of like the more campy dumb dumb stuff right like like don't do one for one of exactly that part but like keep the idea that these are like blind enemies that chase you based off of what you do mm-hmm. but make it like way crazier yeah. <laughs> right like maybe give me a big environment that i have to like i'm hunted by several of these fucking things that mm-hmm. i'm trying to get through yeah just go go nuts i think they can they can get away with a lot there mm-hmm. but I, I think the riskiest proposition is getting rid of ashley as companion mm-hmm. i think some people will be like well it it will overall it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. I think it'll make it a better game because that's one of the worst parts of RE4 mm-hmm. is micromanaging Ashley. Yeah. Right? But like, you could still have her in the game, but maybe make her more of a plot element and less of like a, I'm going to chase Leon and thirst for him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Maybe have her be a different, like maybe just kind of invert her character and do something differently with her all together. Yeah. Like she could still be the president's daughter, but you know, maybe she's working with Umbrella or maybe there's more to her than it seems on the onset. Yeah. You know, something, something interesting there. Oh, man. I, I think, too, we get a total dissolution of like the narrative structure because like four was very much like, OK, here's chapter one's part, like one through four, two, three. Like there were five chapters in total. I think they totally wiped that away. Yeah, I don't want chapters in that game. Yeah, I want it to be like one big experience, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in tone with the remakes and RE7. Yeah. Yeah. So that that makes it. I forgot about that. They did that. The weird segmentation mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Part four, five and six do that. And it's just like. You make this feel like an arcade game yeah. doing that. Get rid of that. Make it one big... Make me feel like I'm playing a Metroidvania. Because mm-hmm. like that's what, how the village parts felt for a while. Yeah. And then it gets kind of disconnected once you get to the castle. And I'm just like, oh, make it all connect a exactly. little better, right? Yeah, I think there yeah. has to be the sort of interconnectivity. And maybe... I mean, give us 
an ability to traverse backwards to a point, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you get very much locked from area to area. There's no backwards navigating. <laughs> I also want I want one addition. Mm-hmm. I want one addition. So you're gonna bring back the merchant, right? Sure. I want him to give you side missions. Okay. But his side missions are all about finding his brothers who are also merchants. Okay, <laughs> oh, okay. so so like so it's not just him, right? A hundred different. So you locations. have a lore reason for why he's like. There's so many of them. They're just like, oh, you must have met Clarence. Ah, welcome. <laughs> and like they're all brothers, and you got to collect them. You got to find them. I mean, we'll see how they explain that away with the Duke. Oh, uh, the Duke. Yeah, I don't know about the Duke so far. <laughs> I think the best takeaway from this announcement is the fact that they're working on it it's no longer just kind of a rumor right hmm. <laughs> where it's like oh well if you have division one and m2 talking about it well this this thing is happening and still rumor yeah <laughs> <laughs> capcom didn't announce shit mm. but what, whatever it's fucking happening yeah i know it's fucking happening yeah. there's no way they're not working on it <laughs> i guess but um from what i understand there's nothing related to code veronica in development mm. <laughs> they really want to bury that fucking game yeah. dude they want it to die and I feel like it might be a really cool companion piece to RE4 Remake, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we can't get, like, Chris and Claire into this story, mm-hmm. but, like, here they are over here doing a big, you know, mm-hmm. revisited version of uh, Code Veronica. It would be really cool. I yeah. mean, especially for how much of a, a missing and important presence Chris is in 2 Remake. True. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We only get a file. Do you think it would fuck with people's brains too much, though, to have these two running different versions of Chris? Like, with Seven's version of him and then the remakes? Um, I mean, <laughs> across seven and eight, they already like rebooted him. They actually, they did a Resident Evil reverse on his ass <laughs> where they're just like, oh, let's just go back to what he looked like yeah. in six. And he, it's looks like, like fucking, he looks like white bread, like Wonder Bread stars. <laughs> and now he looks like Ramsey Bolton. It, yeah. It looked like a YouTube fan film, like casting of Chris Redfield. And, so did you notice in the reverse trailer, mm-hmm. the bad RE7 Chris Redfield's in there? Because it's like the same asset from the RE engine. Oh, is so it that, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck. <laughs> so what the fuck happened to his face between 7 and 8? <laughs> Actually, what, what happened between 6 and 7 and 7 and 8? <laughs> My I dude's know. trying to hide from the Hi- government or something. Hiding and then stealing a baby puts like age on you. He did steal a baby and shoot yeah. a woman. That's Chris I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's uh, all we got in us yeah. for this re a talk our thon it's exciting it's an exciting time to be a capcom resident evil fan uh i'm excited to actually have a a game that i know is coming out in may whereas like the rest of this year feels like this kind of like wishy-washy like will something come out (laughs) super up in the air right now yeah i I like that uh they're coming in may's a good nice solid spot for it and you know it's probably not going to move because like capcom is really good about like announcing the date when they know it's going to be the date I think it would be super embarrassing to have this whole fucking showcase for the game and then be like, oops, <laughs> like delay it to the fall. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I feel like they had the showcase just because they felt confident. It's like, this is when it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from what I heard, like the game was already like pretty, pretty late stage in development when they decided to turn it into fucking RE8. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of foundational stuff already yeah. there. You have to imagine they've been working on it for at least like three, four years. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even a little bit more. Who knows? Who knows except for Division 1. Mm. The stars of Capcom. Okay, well, I guess we're out of here, my friends. Once again, thank you for listening to The Save Room. You can find us in all podcasting feeds where Mm. you put ears on and search stuff. You might find the John Legend song first, but don't Mm. worry about that. Give that a listen. It's only like four minutes. And then go on to us. And find Mm. us on Twitter, 
at Save Room Show. Indeed. Send us the best hypercut of my date with the president's daughter. Hypercut with like Resident Evil kills from from four and footage. There's a good video of that if you've never seen it. It's like the song from the Disney movie My Date with the President's Daughter. I've never seen this film. But, oh, it's it's a Disney film with um what's his name? Will Friedle. Um Who? And Will Friedle from Boy Meets World. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's dating the president's daughter. And so they <laughs> took the the main song from that and then put it over like just images and and scenes from Resident Evil 4 with like Leon and Ashley just kind of going around and Leon getting killed. It's fun. It's great. Just send it to us. Just send it to us. Yeah, because Kevin's never seen it apparently. Seems like you know it in full, but you want it sent to us. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to be reminded of it because it's so good. Yeah, that's fair. Send us fan art of it. (laughs) I mean, send me your favorite uh, uh, tall lady fan uh, Mm. cams or whatever it is they put on TikTok these days. Fan, fan, fan cams are the fan, thing. It's so cam. weird. Is it weird? Yeah. Is it weird? There's a lot of weird things going on. Did on you the see the Rahul uh, fan fan cam? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there, yeah. There are two things that kind of weird me out about like kind of online culture now, where it's it's uh, fan cams and then VTubers. VTubers. I don't really like VTubers. You don't like VTubers. It's weird. It's so weird. I get that it's kind of like a cool new cutting technology thing but it's but isn't it just like uh you know how people have like avatars Mm -hmm. you know isn't it isn't it just that just like my hey here's my avatar for yeah but it is it is exactly ready player one (laughs) yeah though right like in the game like people were like oh no i'm a fucking gigantic warrior Mm. uh elk or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and then in real life they live in like a michigan trailer park where Mm -hmm. they stack all the trailer homes on top of each other (laughs) (laughs) because apparently that's what we'll do in the future It's clever, I guess. Yeah. Consolidates. <laughs> yeah. So VTubers, weird you out. All right. I'll keep that in mind for yeah. the future. <laughs> now, if somebody's out there VTubing as the tall yeah. lady, Lady Demiscu. See, can you do that? Can you VTube as like established characters and such? Mm. Capcom will get pissed off. Oh, Capcom will get super pissed. What's up, everybody? My name is Jack Baker, and welcome to the family. Be sure to like and sub. Today we're playing Dead by Daylight. DBD, DBD. Oh, he's, he's holding the hatchet wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Some other bullshit. I got to think of the character. I got to get into his head. Yeah. I'm just, I'm loving family. Were the Bakers rich? Maybe at a point. Do they have a lot of money? Because that farmhouse, or it's not even a farmhouse. It's, it's, a it's, like a little, it's a little state. And then they have another fucking house, like, mm-hmm. outside of it. For their son. For there's well, no, no, also the oh yeah the ha- second yeah. house the guest house ta- so what they the had fuck? like three houses yeah, yeah I mean not maybe hillbills. land out in that part of Dolby Louisiana is cheap oh I can imagine yeah. yeah out by the bayou but what do you think they did before they turned like um I don't know <laughs> there's probably hints in the game we got to look that up okay. I think there's hints in the game I feel like they did something that involved like I don't know they had wait no they had a whole butcher situation going on oh huh maybe they were butchers maybe. rich butchers you can get rich off that shit yeah come here clementine <laughs> <laughs> the meat industry is one of the more profitable industries i know so. okay well anyway well good stuff <laughs> good, good night everybody <laughs> bye guys <laughs>